0: Hey, Bob and Joyce listeners, Bob Stapleton here. It would be an understatement to say that COVID has changed just about every aspect of our daily lives, including how and where we work. So today we take on this topic of reinventing the workplace. And this is one where we turn it on its head to say uh, the future is not so much a problem to be solved as an opportunity to be taken. So we explore, among other things, the assumption or myth that workplaces will somehow return to pre-COVID norms, Uh, that it may be time to throw out the old HR handbook, and uh, trusting employees to get the work done, regardless of where or how they work, Uh, and I think to continue to cut your workers some slack, there's still a pandemic going on. So enjoy today's episode, and as always, let us know what you think. Hey, Bob. Hey, Joyce. How are you this morning?
1: You know, I have a head full of different ideas, not just for what we are going to talk about, but I've just, I had a night where I just was awake with different ideas to think about and do. So I thought, and then today, as I was thinking about talking with you, because I've been pushing to be specific and give tools that help. Yeah. I thought, well, I think it's time to just noodle <laughs> because <laughs> the topic that came up for me was from an HR standpoint, maybe in particular, thinking of policy and compliance and compensation, what do we do with all this uh, interesting change is how I'm going to put it because I like the vitality and all of it about Full-time work at home, part-time work for home, working in the office. Will there be an office? Do you get more goodies if you come into the office? How do you keep a team functioning? Uh, Is culture so strong that it uh, can overcome distance? So those kinds of things were in my head. And I know everybody's struggling with it, but I thought, let's pretend that you had to do that. Or I'm thinking how in food retailing, yep. people pretty much have to go to the buildings, but that's shifting too.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh,
1: Poor buildings. What are we going to do with all those buildings?
0: <laughs> uh, Skateboard,
1: Skateboard City.
0: So I, I think this is a timely topic. And I know uh, when we talk about noodle, it doesn't mean... Uh, land the plane and have every answer, but hearing you set up the conversation today, I thought, what a wonderful opportunity. For Uh, an employer? uh, Yeah, for an HR professional to literally be able uh, that in this period of transition to say, you know, what sleepy old calcified policies need to be let go? Uh, Yes. policies we haven't thought about yeah, um, I just think th- there's an opportunity to be had by being creative uh about the future uh look of your workplace.
1: Yeah, I do too. And I I have to say maybe what got this, got me going on this is you know I also write and think about the changing religious landscape yeah. in the world really. And um There is a historical theory that every 500 years, at least the Christian religion goes through a huge upheaval, whether it's Catholic-Protestant split or Martin Martin Luther or whatever. And what the the research shows is it's also all institutions kind of do that at the same time. It's like there's a 500-year shelf date. Um, institutions where they have to be really it's a real big upheaval it's not fun but it's the only way to get new growth and new uh, forms that have vitality so
0: you you know it's uh, I'm
1: underlining hope
0: well I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of punctuate that uh, that word by saying uh, we've talked an awful lot about our institutions need to be reimagined. Yeah, um, and uh, as I look at HR, particularly in terms of workplace policies uh, and how people come together uh, or not, uh, it is a great opportunity to add dimensions to how people work for you that makes you a preferred employer.
1: Yeah, and that you have to work your rear end off to become preferred because people aren't loving going back to work at all.
0: Well, it's interesting that you say that. So I, I know there are reasons, very practical, why you need certain people in the workplace. You mean in um, the building? Yeah, in the building, in the store. Gotta
1: not, we have to assume workplace means wherever you're working.
0: Yes. Um, and And I... Uh, See companies that are creating these artificial timelines and saying uh, we're going to be opening the office, everyone back to work, yeah, uh, Labor Day, or uh, we're going to continue to be virtual uh, until uh, such a time when it warrants changing. And I, I think those are two options, but I think the, those are both somewhat unimaginative mm-hmm. in terms of really taking. Um, advantage of this transition.
1: You know, I'm going to ask you for like, give me an
0: idea. (laughs) (laughs) I immediately went into my head and say, okay, so well, um, you know. Just the choice uh, is wonderful.
1: I was going to say say that's not imaginative, but giving people choice.
0: Yeah.
1: As much choice as it's possible for the business to, thrive about how and when and where they work yeah but it has to be a coordinated effort of some kind of knowing when do you need to come together as a whole for recharging or realignment of culture or a new vector and then you can splinter again and you don't have to come face to face for that but how do you create that coherent, preferred core of purpose <laughs> and product, and allow as much freedom as you possibly can for people choosing where and how they work?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, I what I think is telling if if uh, prior to March of 2020, when the pandemic started. If you were to tell a CEO or their leadership team that in three months, you're going to continue to operate your business and 90% of your employees will do it from home.
1: Yeah.
0: Impossible. This isn't going to
1: happen. Right. Uh, Especially because of lack
0: of trust. Yeah. and Well, it was unimaginative. And so here we are a year and four or five months later. If you look at the Wall Street earnings report, And I know that a lot of it is driven by pent-up demand. Companies are flush with cash and profits. And Uh, no associates. (laughs) Well, that's, you know what? Uh, That is the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. Um, You know, they talk about the turnover tsunami and it's real. It started Mm -hmm. uh, like in uh, March or April and every month uh it, it it gets worse uh in terms of people's uh leaving their company that to me is the canary in the coal mine that we need to rethink about how the workplace operates so i've delayed giving you an example
1: <laughs> yeah that's okay i, I think i'm I, just chewing on it i'm thinking that as even as we talk we're too rigid in a way, to either or. I know that um, of a small, of a 50-person marketing group that has found a way yeah, to have the culture become more exciting and more important and more overt than it was in the office where they were lazier about it. I don't know how else to put it. They've yeah. become more... Um, overt and conscious of the culture and it's not the normal culture what they want is to have a high driving high or hard hitting um i don't want to use the word crude but not precious culture and they want to say that out loud because they don't want people that can't move fast here not sexual harassment or anything but sure just they can't afford to watch everybody's language more than they need to watch the business. And they make that over. Does that make it legal? I don't know, but I don't think it's so bad. It's just that that's how we're going to be.
0: We're going to be. A little wild. Well, and you may or may not know the answer to this. What you've just described is their culture. There has to be a reason for it, like a business. Yes. Reason for it.
1: There is. We have to turn around fast. We have to create even when we're brain dead. And part of the way we do that is we hit hard, we push, we shove. New ideas come out because we do. And it's the time pressure and the creative pressure that they can't be bothered all the time with. Now, how are we going to do this meeting? Because they have to produce bingo. So maybe so it is culturally driven. And I know that I helped them write policy that said this is what our business
0: demands. So Joyce, maybe we have just stumbled on the first step in the process of how to reinvent the workplace by asking the question, what does your culture demand?
1: No, not your culture. What does your business demand? And what culture fits it?
0: Yes. No, thank you.
1: Yeah. And it's not always, um, well, you know, I have an orientation to Oxford that's O.D. <laughs> so I had a board member, a woman. Well, I won't name names.
0: But <laughs> you have. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> no, no. It was a woman board member, and uh, she said to me, you're an ideologue. You have no place in business. You're trying to sell an ideology. Oh, and I know we were two very different women. Let's not even talk about that. <laughs> so we were we were often the only women in the room. And uh, I, uh, so here's my little anecdote. She dressed beautifully and always had the most expensive everything hanging on her. And I had packed very <laughs> quickly for <laughs> a board meeting. Oh. And I said, "Oh, what the heck! I had five kids running out. <laughs> I was the very definition of dowdy, <laughs> <laughs> which I rarely was. I always had something fun to wear. I, it was old lady shoes, anyhow." Listeners, just know that I care about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's so, go
0: back. Let's go back. So now yeah, let's go back to topic. What, what What is the business demand, and what is the culture? that that
1: that business
0: exactly
1: and then how does location of associates matter yeah and when does it matter because i think it's um it's got to be fluid yeah or you know that you come i picture this coming in and coming out coming in to get grounded and to get core clear and then going out to do the work in various ways um, there might be small teams that are meeting in, in a distance, uh, you know, not seeing one another, but then those team leaders might come in for a while to get filled up. I, I, I think it's going to be a lot of flow.
0: Absolutely. And if you think about the uh, the capacity of technology today to create uh, virtual watercolors and different yeah. ways for people to connect. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, uh, going back to March of 2020. If you had taught people that they're going to do most of their communicating and meetings and connecting uh, on something called zoom. uh, Once again, they, they would say that now there's a problem with that. Well, in fact, it ended up being a great enabler. Yeah. So what about pay? Is pay
1: connected at all to where you work? Do you get more for coming into the office? Like it's a you know, pay for you know, what do they call it when you do overtime for Christmas?
0: Yeah. Well, what I would ask, so I, I have a viewpoint uh, that I don't cling too strongly to, but if you think about someone, I, I immediately go to uh, discounting uh, virtual work uh, versus in person, and uh, that may not be a premise that's true. But what do you mean discounting? Uh, that you can either, uh, if you decide to stay virtual, working out of your home, um, you will be your pay will be reduced by a certain amount. Oh boy! Well, see, that, that, I think that's kind of where the uh, the yeah. You know. It
1: depends. I think it the pay would should be the same if the results are
0: absolutely yeah. That's I, I'm kind of going to the uh, if you think about an elastic band that it always kind of returns to its original form. Yeah. Um, you know, I think in terms of uh, virtual versus in-person. Well, of course, I want my people to be at work. Um, you know, I think about structured schedules uh, versus get the work done as it, the business demands and on your uh, your time. Is it a benefit? To work at home. Uh, we, uh, and I say we in terms of delays, uh, we, we certainly sold as a benefit. You did. Oh, and and a selling point uh, uh, when recruiting people. Yeah, I think we created a two-day-a-week where you could opt to be virtual, and people loved it. What does it do with, um... <laughs>
1: it's funny to say What if they're sick at home and working? It's not a, so they don't, I was kind of thinking like sick days. Yeah. Because if I, depending on my work, I could do quite a bit of work feeling a little bit off, so I wouldn't claim it. Does that matter?
0: No. Well, I think there's an, I think once again, old, old way of doing things, you got, Uh, kind of ding by taking sick pay and you only had so many sick days where I think the new world order uh, really demands that we rethink that.
1: And so what
0: would that look like? That you pay a person their full week's pay regardless of whether they're in person or not and they won't be dinged if they're sick. Right, uh, You know, there's rules uh, and, and government regulations around disability. And, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, so I'm not saying that we kind of scrap those, but I think that companies need to take a very liberal um, point of view when looking at traditional ways of uh, either valuing the associate's time or what they reward and what they uh, don't. So
1: I'm, I'm thinking that if I could meet whatever the reasonable expectation was for my work product, yeah. I could probably have a vacation day at home without anybody knowing, right? Or a day off. I, I, and, I, and who cares?
0: Well, I was just going to say, if I look at uh, uh, top management, they've been huh. all along. Yeah. You know, I'm going to take a health day. Yeah. Um, well, what... If it's a benefit to a senior executive, why wouldn't it be to someone who's in the trenches knocking out the work day in, day out? You ideologue. <laughs> well, I am an ideologue. I, but I've had oh, exposure, am I? I've had the exposure uh through companies that my sons work for, uh West Coast uh tech companies that have thrown out the HR handbook. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there are extremes that make me a little bit. I mean, when I see dogs and cats and other animals in the workplace, when I see a beer tap and a wine tap in the break room, um, I know that there's I know there's things that make me feel queasy, but there's a weed hmm? and weed. And well, I guess (laughs) I mean,
1: the, the crazy marketing firm I know could care less.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you talk about a benefit. Now, uh, there's, there's a tech company uh, that my son worked for, they had three floors to the company. Mm. Uh, the first floor was operations. The second floor were all the tech people. Uh-huh. And the third level was a dormitory where people could sleep and stay there during the week, or go oh. out and take a nap or whatever. So it was literally a dormitory. Yeah. And I say to say it was a benefit and people used it fully. If they lived far out of the Bay Area, it was a real benefit to them. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that that's something every company should do, but I think being creative. You should
1: do what
0: helps your business, business thrive, thrive
1: with less. worry about compliance sitting on your shoulder because pretty soon everybody's going to be doing it.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I think think compliance will take a broader form, Uh, uh, you know, protect workplace abuse will hold. Well, that gets tricky too.
0: Yeah. And and I get the apprehension, uh, particularly very large companies uh, that uh, the unintended consequences of a decision that they make uh, I can see why it it probably tends to have people r- resort back to the way things were so I get the resistance but it's an opportunity for the companies that do it well I think we've noodled I think we have noodled I almost said at the end of that I am complete <laughs>
1: I'm never complete. Uh, and, I'm never complete. And so I, I have my deathbed. I'm going to say I'm not complete.
0: <laughs> I was. I was a minute ago, but I'm not now. Yeah, I'm not now. <laughs> so he, here's what I'd like to say um, to our listeners. You're out there in the trenches. You're dealing with this. Uh, my hope is that we've stimulated some of your thinking uh, and enough so that we want to hear from you on our Facebook page.
1: Oh, please, or that we can talk with you on our podcast. Just. Because um, it's very exciting. I want more grit. I want to hear what's going on
0: up close. Oh, no doubt. So yeah. let's let's make that happen.
1: Okay. <laughs> we will. Come on in. Grab <laughs> a snack. Come join us. Okay.
0: Talk hey, to Joyce. you later. Hey, Bye. Talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at BobandJoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe. And even better, give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others to find the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce podcast. Until the next time, be well and be safe.